All right, guys, welcome back to the 307 Podcast. Uh, get ready for an awesome in-depth conversation about a really powerful piece of scripture in today's episode. If you guys uh, are listening to this and maybe you don't believe like we believe, you don't have the same faith as we have, I think that you will find value in the conversation and uh, the things that we talk about in here, such as temperance, patience, um, brotherly kindness, charity, uh, virtue. I think these are going to apply to anyone who listens and wants to live a better, more fulfilled, uh, peaceful, joyful life. So get ready for it. I absolutely loved it. One of, one of my favorite conversations that we've had just personally. I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Exoskin. I know you guys have heard about Exoskin if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time because they have been with us since the very beginning. They have been our sponsor of the 307 podcast. They've poured into uh, 307 Project and they have kept us going and kept us running lots and lots of miles over the last couple of years now. Um, Exoskin makes the number one fitness apparel on the market. Uh, I have pairs of Exoskin shorts that are literally three years old. I have thousands of miles in them. I have a pair of socks that are three years old, thousands of miles in them. Um, the fabric that Exoskin uses is proprietary. It actually channels moisture away from your skin, cuts down on uh, sweating and chafing. It actually gets that nasty sweat and salt away from the skin and uh, drains it off of the uh, garment. So really, really helps with chafing. It also has copper fiber woven into the fabric, which cuts down significantly on odor-causing bacteria. I'm not going to lie to you, you can run for a week straight in the same pair of exoskin gear, and it's not going to stink uh, anywhere near what your other stuff you've been buying from the running store is going to smell like, um, which is pretty cool to me because especially right now in the heat of the summer, running every day, twice a day, I don't like to wash clothes that much, so it's nice to be able to just hang these things out to dry, throw them on the next morning, go for my run, and not have to sm smell my stinky self all day. Uh, it's all made in America. You get what you pay for. I'm telling you, this stuff works. It lasts, not to mention the people that own and operate Exoskin are amazing humans and uh, have supported us, like I said, since day one. So check them out at exoskin.us. And I will attach a link to their website and also a pro code in the show notes of this episode to give you a discount on your order with Exoskin. Guys, support the companies that support this podcast. They help keep us going uh, along with our Patreon members. And uh, that's why we're able to sit down and have these conversations week after week. And uh, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this episode. Here it is. Well, all good things come in time. You you can't rush good things, all right? Nope. So that's why I'm not going to do it till you get rolling on it. Just go ahead and get that set up for us. Now look, now look here, Chili. Uh-uh. Nah. It's time to get off that cell phone and do a little work, man. And you stopped me while I was working. Well... There'll be time for that later. Right now, it's time to 
join in on the podcast. You're real close to having me get get nasty. You probably well, going to spit that gum out while you smacking on that no, gum. I'm just the kidding. Microphone. I'm not close to getting nasty, but you don't ever want that. Y'all, uh, but you're pissing me off. Uh, chili cheese no kidding. gum. You're really pissing me off. Well, that's fine. You know I got sweaty kneecaps. No, I figured that out on the way over here. Okay. We've always been told it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. Yeah. My car was real hot, and, you know, I rolled my windows down, and it helped me not sweat. You know, it got the air moving in there, and then my kneecap sweat the whole ride. That's a sign of a smooth brain. I'm also... No. (laughs) No. I'm also missing a bone in my left butt cheek. For real? Yeah. Dang, we never knew these things about you. Yeah. I'm surprised they let you in the Space Force with that. Yeah. Well, it's it's caused a big problem whenever... It's why I'm unbalanced. You ever notice whenever I do things in the gym, I kind of lean to one side? I do notice that. I'm yeah. missing a bone in my left butt cheek. Huh. Well, that's good information. I'm glad I know that. Yeah. Do you ever uh, use that in two truths and a lie? Well, I should. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listeners, welcome back. We're so happy that you've joined us again here on the 307 Podcast. Um, It's been a pretty wild morning so far. Uh, Chili was pulled over this morning on his way to Team PT. Tell us about that, Chili. Well, I mean, I'm not going to drag the story out. I pulled into a, um, a, the racetrack gas station, got my, got my stuff, you know, my breakfast, and uh, oh, you're dropping that wallet off. Don't tell lies. Oh, he got a pop tart there too. What, he what got his breakfast there. What do you mean, don't tell lies? I got dropping that wallet off. <laughs> Being a good Samaritan. Yep. No, I ain't no good guy. I uh, I went in. I primarily wanted to go to get my breakfast. To be honest with you, that's why I met him there. And uh, yeah, got me a snack and just pulled right on out. Went to, you know, there's there's several ways to go into the racetrack. I chose kind of the back way. I said, I'm going to just sneak on out the back here. Drive to the back. Nobody's around. I just zoom out to the left. Well, I thought that I could turn left out of there and be on the correct side of the road. However, there's a large median that is not split to where you can go across. Yep. That's called a divided highway. Correct. So I'm going up the wrong way on a divided highway, and I said, ah, I'll just, I'll just go. <laughs> no one's coming. I'll just go up it for a ways until I can get back on the right way. Well, I see a car coming, and I'm like, ooh. But then it's two lanes on each side, so I was just like, well, I'm going to just get. I'll be on the other lane. He can pass me in the left lane. Well, it turns out that vehicle was a pol- policeman. and uh, Floyd County or Rome? Floyd County. Floyd County. Rome would have wrote him a ticket. Okay. And he didn't, he did not approve of my decision. So, you know, he, he chased me down. It was a high speed chase for a minute. And, uh, I pulled over off to the side. I had got, I, you know, I got back on the correct side of the road and then pulled off. Okay. You know, so, and then we had a talk and, uh, he, he advised me to not do that again. That's all there is to it. I mean, I just told him, I said, hey, man, 
I just pulled out of there. I thought I could turn left out of here. <laughs> Turns out I can, but it's on the wrong side. And he said, he said, yeah. Um, I said, well, can I ask you what I should have done in the event that I had already pulled out? You know, should I have kept going like I did or should I have spun around in the road there? He said, yeah, you probably should have just spun around. I, I didn't know that. I mean, I thought mm-hmm. my, I thought I had a good way to get out of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, but whatever. Well, I can't say much. One time I went riding motorcycles with Chad up in Virginia, and it was dark. We was leaving a restaurant, and I did the same thing mm-hmm. on my motorcycle, except I hopped the median because <laughs> there was cars coming. So I just hopped right over the median and jumped on into that other lane and took off. You remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but a policeman didn't see you. No, I didn't get caught. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he was a nice guy. I wish I knew his name. Uh, he told me I forgot. Well, that happened. Um, I think I'm getting a dang cavity <laughs> in one of my back teeth. <laughs> yeah, all he y'all. He don't clean his freaking teeth. He no. worries about taking showers, you and he doesn't. It, and he doesn't it. brush his teeth. No, I brought a to- I bought a toothbrush the other day, and I've been brushing my teeth, but I didn't brush them last night because my toothbrush was missing again. Well, you ne- you need to listen to me, man. Your health starts with your teeth. Do you think it could be one of them worms? No, it ain't. It think out? It, no, I think it's a cavity. Where did that come from, the worm thing? You should be on a regular deworming schedule. I disagree. You you know most people, I mean, most people worm do worm themselves twice a year. We've gotten way away from that. They worm themselves or deworm? Deworm. They deworm themselves. <laughs> well, I, Bunch of people worm well, themselves. I, think, I mean, you know what I'm if saying? You, if you deworm, you had to worm in the first place. So when are people worming? Because I've never had worms. Oh, no. You've got them. No, I don't. You, you've you got them. You just don't know you got them. No, I don't have bad worms. But you got them. You, you're talking about good gut bacteria? No, no. I'm talking about straight worms. parasites. No. Yeah. No. I, I mean, how often? Okay. You, you have dogs. You've had I don't dogs. have dogs. I don't believe in dogs. Well, you big grew up around dogs. People worm their dogs once a month. They worm them or deworm them? Deworm them. I mean, that's country talk, man. You talk about the dog needs to be wormed. That means it needs to be dewormed, okay? <laughs> well, when did it get wormed? <laughs> um, they you, get them. You get worms just walking around, do you know, get, being dirty, eating, no, I don't. eating food. <laughs> that with, might be because dogs eat poop. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> It's, Chad gets worms because he don't brush his freaking teeth. No, I'm going to tell you. Another reason is we eat a lot out of the garden. And many times when we pull something out of the garden, we don't wash it. Um, but. Yeah, you shouldn't. Y- y- yeah, there, there's mixed information about that. But here's, here's the thing. Also, in our garden, we have chickens that come in the garden and scratch around and crap all in there. And, you know, whatever. They're fertilizing the soil. Um, but that's all in the dirt. So then when we eat out of the garden, we eat some of that dirt and whatever else is in it. And you know, you just get worms, man. I don't. So, so basically you, you said that I was, I had worms because apparently you're struggling with that right now. No, I ain't struggling with it. I worm myself. I deworm myself regularly. Well then who, who has worms then? Brooke? Everybody. All of us do. Except for me. I just recently dewormed. So. That's easy, that's that's easy enough. Hey everybody, just go take a bunch of medicine you don't need. Just regular protocol. I'm telling you. That's ridiculous. You you oh. You know one of the best dewormers out there? Ivermectrin. 
<laughs> Ivermectin? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? Ivermectin. <laughs> Golly. That's one of the best dewormers out there. Yeah, it really no is. No kidding. Mm. It's a shame it's been demonized. I, I took a bite at Tractor Supply. Yeah, I, I wormed my dogs with Ivermectin for... You dewormed them? Deworm my dog for years, years. Yeah. It takes care of heartworms, mites. Uh, mites, any kind of intestinal parasite. It kills it all. Well, why would you take that to deworm yourself whenever you don't have worms? Don't stop asking me that. I have worms. Everybody does. I don't. Well, you'll see later I, on in I life. grew a garden one time on top of my septic drain field. Best garden we ever had. <laughs> yep. Got um, worms. Okay, sweet. Today was range day at Team PT. Uh, I just want to know how it went for you guys. How did you like your new weapon, Chili, your shadow systems? Well, let me... I'll, okay, this is a little hard to explain. It was issued by the Space Force, right? So you may be like, well, why are you thanking Jonah Bunch and everything? Well, he's got... He's a distributor he's for a, them, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You you don't understand. It's a little over everybody's head, but he he hooked me up. Um, he's an ordinance rep. Yeah, it was it was issued by the space force. It's but but all the thanks goes to Jonah. That was uh, that's it's the sickest thing ever. I love that's it. one of one. One of one. You know, I like stuff that's one of one. Custom. Yeah. And um, yeah, I can't even thank him enough. It's awesome. Freaking what, awesome. What did they do special about that one for you? What's got my name on it? Name and rank. Ain't nobody can own a gun that says Admiral Chili unless you're Admiral Chili. And it's got the logo on it, hasn't it? Yeah. It's a Space Force weapon. Yeah. They all do. They just don't all say Admiral Chili, you right. know. <laughs> and um official Space Force on the side engraved and uh Yeah, you know, so sucks to suck if you ain't me, but <laughs> man, it's good to win. Zero malfunctions today out of his Space Force gun. Zero safety violations. Yeah. Uh, did have his belt on back inside out. I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> um, I never had to tell nobody, hey, your belt's on inside out. <laughs> <laughs> that Maybe was a first. Shirt. We Maybe. don't wear belts. That was a first for me. No gravity, right? Your pants can't fall down. I kind of liked how I had it. but. And Krista got to get... Uh, first rounds through her Glock 17. Did you have any issues this morning? Did you learn anything? Uh, I had a lot of issues. Not the uh, weapon, but me. <laughs> I, t I had a rough start, I think, starting on the small targets. That was hard. Um, and then I felt like I got kind of warmed up. I feel like I had some smooth, good spots. I could see growth in certain areas. Yeah. Um, but then also some pl places that surprised me where I thought I would do better, and then I didn't. So, mm. yeah. A single shot from the high ready, you got me worried on that. I'm gonna have to go back home and practice I know, that. I was, how, how, I was eight, one. I was eight hundred seconds. I was one five. You were no, you were one six. You were yeah. one five two, and she was uh -huh. one six even. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. I was. Whew, that got me worried right there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, Blake just swept the the field. Well, as usual, mm -hmm. I had that competition gun. Well, you're also a competition shooter. I let the I let the clock get me a couple times though. Yeah, yeah. You might have you might made a few debacles on, yeah. but and, you, you and cleaned it up. Chad borderline cheated with the red dot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Chad resorted to a. <laughs> I shot with red my dot. vortex uh, red dot today. By the way, if you guys don't 
know about Vortex Optics, um, this this red dot I got from them, I love it. What is it? The Venom? Yeah, I think it's the Venom. Venom. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a it's a game changer, man. And it's the six M. It's the big dot. Yeah, it's the, the big dot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that red dot is a game changer. If you practice with that thing, I I don't think I don't even think it's fair. If you got good at that thing, I don't even think it's fair if you're shooting against somebody with iron sights. That yeah. might, the red be, dot that might be the only reason you beat me today. It that might one be. shot with that from the high ready. It really might be. You know, I've heard from people that shoot with those that the first shot is actually slower than with iron sights. But when you're taking multiple shots, it's fast. Like once you've mm-hmm. got the dot, it's so yeah. much faster and more accurate. But acquiring the dot is a little bit slower than iron sights. I I like it. I think it. I think it goes against all um all like really like combat style shooting because if you draw your pistol you are out of options, right? Yeah. So you have to have that pistol to work. And topping it with a red dot, well, that's one more big thing that might not work um, because it's ran off a battery and, you know, uh, it could break or whatever. There's a lot of things that can go wrong with a red dot, any kind of holographic sight. And so I don't think it's functional at all in terms of something that I would wear on my everyday carry gun or, you know, I would definitely not use it if I was taking it into a combat scenario or something. But on the range, you can put out some pretty impressive times and shots with it. Yeah. I mean, I was at 50 yards at my range at the house just nailing those silhouettes 50 yards every single shot. That's a long shot with a pistol. Yeah. So, good day today on the range. Um, do we have anything else we need to announce? Running shirts, running shirts, yeah. Podcast, yeah. Enough said. Running shirts live on the website. Sweet. We've already sold some without even announcing it, <laughs> but we need to announce it, and hopefully, the people that were looking for them hear this, so they know that they're they're live. That's a good uh, looking shirt. Man. Yeah. If you're looking for for it, hopefully, you're listening to this. You can get them now. On the website. I'm going to order an extra large today. Would you advise people to size up, Chili? Would you advise people to size up in those shirts? I wear a bigger size. Usually I'm about them. I'm on the border of medium and large, but medium's too small in them for me. Medium's too large in all of them for you. Too big. No, I generally wear a... I can wear a medium. Well, I size up, but I like like a loose-fitting shirt. Yeah. Yeah, the large fits me good. But I like a really loose-fitting shirt. I mean, to me, yeah. these shirts fit like the other ones. Like all the other ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me. I mean, yeah, pretty much when you wear a medium, you got them big old arms. It's uh, Well, some shirts, I can if it's a cotton, full cotton shirt, I can wear it. I can never wear a medium. Never. <laughs> I'm bigger than you, though, Blake. Yeah, you are. always have been since day one. Yeah. Uh, you're taller. Um, He got more muscle. Okay. Yes, enough said running shirts. By the way, guys, for the podcast, we are we've got some big, big training events coming up over the next few months that are going to require a lot of travel, a lot, a lot of time away from home, um, and we are going to start this week with the podcast. We're going to release now one episode a week. So on Wednesday, the podcast is going to come out instead of Wednesday and Sunday. It's going to be Wednesday. All right, this does a few things 
for us over this next span right here. It gives us time to prepare better for the podcast. Hopefully, we can get more in-depth on the conversations that we have, and I'm not just springing stuff on everybody when we sit down here to have the conversation, so it allows some prep time for us, and it's also going to allow us to bank up some episodes so that when we are gone on the Altima Hall River and we're gone for 15 days straight or we're gone out on the Alpine trip and we're gone for you know a week straight, we're going to be able to get you know have you guys consistent weekly podcast come out with good quality conversation so that's the plan um and that i just want to let you guys know for you guys that expect the podcast to come out wednesday and sunday for the next little while it's going to be wednesday only we would challenge you to use that time that you would generally spend listening to that second episode on sunday I want to challenge you to come up with a plan and do something productive with that hour. All right? Um, So if you're a regular listener and you listen to every one of the shows, come up with a plan to do something useful, whether it's working on your body, your soul, or your spirit during that hour that now you're going to have free that you would usually be listening to that Sunday episode. So, just wanted to throw that out there. Y'all cool with that? That's great. You cool with that, Chili? <laughs> Am I cool with it? Yeah. I got to approve it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's dig into the conversation today, then, since Chili's going to be a weirdo, <laughs> as usual. All right, guys. So... I want to talk about um, I want to talk about a portion of scripture that really has been impactful to me this week, and uh, it's going to be coming from Second Peter, the first chapter, and it'll be starting really in verse four, but working through five, six, and seven. Now, I was thinking on the way over here. As we're going to talk through these things or these attributes um, that we want to work to achieve and essentially add to our faith, when you read through these, if you would have told me to work toward these attributes, work toward implementing these attributes into my day-to-day life. If you would have told me this when I was 25 years old, I would have said you were an idiot. Why, why do I want to, why do I want to have patience and temperance and uh, brotherly kindness? It just would have sounded stupid to me, right? And um, I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. And so I think I think the reason uh, for working diligently to try to implement these things into our day-to-day walking around life is because if we can live, if we can live with these attributes, they actually help us produce fruit in our life, right? The fruits of the spirit and we see these come up uh, a lot of these same attributes come up in 
the book of Galatians. And um, I just had that freaking page marked. I don't know where it went. I think it's 522. Five. Oh, yeah, that. it is. It is 522. Yeah, where, where Paul talks about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, all right, being some fruits of the Spirit. And so if we can work diligently to implement some of the things we're about to talk about, they actually produce love, joy, peace, happiness, contentment, and a fulfilled life, right? So that's probably why in my 20s I was unfulfilled because if you would have told me to be diligent in, in having temperance, I would have said, you're stupid. What do I need that for? Um, and I still struggle with these things on a day-to-day basis. So I'll start in verse 5. The Bible says here in verse 4, he's talking about, we have been given great and precious promises through Jesus, right? We have access to the promises that Christ gave to us, the promise of salvation, eternal life. We have access to those promises through faith, all right? So your faith is what is saving you. Your faith entrusted Christ, that is what is saving you. Now, in verse 5, he says, And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. So these are things in addition to your faith. With the, the faith is the foundation that is saving you. Let's try to add these things to it. And be diligent in adding these things. Why does this say be diligent? Well, it makes sense to me. Because I personally have to be very diligent. I mean, I have to really focus and work hard to implement these things into my own life. It is not something that comes natural to me. Oh, to anybody. I mean, it takes effort for your faith to grow. You, it's not just going to happen in passing. Well, I, I'm not even talking about growing my, my faith. My faith is solid. The diligence comes in adding the virtue, the knowledge, the temperance, the patience. That's where, that's, the faith is solid. But all of those things strengthen your faith, right? That's what he's talking about. Add to your faith these things so that your faith will grow. Not, not like you're believing and or trusting in Jesus, but I, I don't, I don't think he's talking about this in terms of these things add to or contribute to your faith. I think he's talking about you have faith, now, add to your faith these things. For what? What? And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, implying you already, okay, you have faith. Now let's work diligently to add to that faith these things. It's not these things are contributing and making your faith stronger. So... We'll continue I, I think, on. I, yeah, I, I don't think you guys are disagreeing because you're not saying, Blake, that these things are also ways in which you're saved. It's no, not no. faith plus like these are works. Mm-hmm. No, uh-uh. and I don't, and I don't know. Maybe is that how you were hearing him? Maybe that it's like faith plus these things save yeah. you. Yeah, I don't no, think that's what all. you were communicating. So mm-hmm. I think you actually agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. That sounds good. Um, so one thing that I've learned to do in life that I think goes, goes along with this and, and implies diligence is when I'm faced with a, a frustrating situation or, or a situation that is bringing up some emotion in me, um, I have learned to always, when I'm feeling that, and I feel like whatever the situation is warrants a response, I have learned to wait two days before I respond to whatever that thing, that thing or that person or, or, or whatever it is in my life. Now, not all things that bring up those emotions in your life warrant a response. I'm talking about the situations that do warrant a response. Like, you're, you need to respond to this, right? I always wait minimum one solid day and night, but try to wait two days before I respond to that, right? And that's just me trying to be diligent in adding these attributes we're about to talk about to that response, whatever the response may be. Um, so the first thing that Scripture says, add to your faith, is virtue. Virtue. And I know Chile likes to define words, and I got to thinking about that. I thought, what is even the definition of virtue? Do you know, Chile? I, I looked it up. Well, I mean... What does that mean to you? Well, like you said, it doesn't really matter what it means to me. It matters what it means. But, uh, I mean, the, the word virtue specifically to me would... would It kind of goes with your integrity, right? Exactly, man. I mean, You're that, exactly that, that's, right. That's what it would mean to me. It goes hand in hand with your level of integrity. Yep. So this is a integrity being one part. Virtue, according to the definition, is behavior showing high moral standards. Integrity is a high moral standard, right? When we speak about it in the way that that we use it as being doing what's right when no one's looking, um, that's a high moral standard. So it was interesting to me when he mentions adding virtue in your day-to-day life uh foundationally it could mean having a standard and having a standard has been a huge huge help for me in my day-to-day walking around life so yeah that's virtue high moral standards what are some other high moral standards that you guys implement i mean i would i would think that like yours is honesty a high, yeah. But I mean, just I think a high moral standard is is using what God is stewarding what God gave you well. Like that's a that should be a high that should be a high moral standard, right? For every privilege that you get from God, you have a responsibility to use it well. And I think that ties right in with with virtue for everybody. But you know, specifically, what you said, you think mine is on what. What are you asking naturally? Like, just what do you think you can... I think that's one of your moral standards yeah. that you're really adamant about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a big one. Krista, you got any? Yeah, I think I think that idea of virtue is, uh, like you said, moral excellence, moral goodness. 
And I think that there's a whole spectrum of things that fall under that. So just morality being um, just kind of ethical in nature. And when I think of the struggle of that, it's easy to, you know, sometimes it's because nobody else is looking that people might struggle with that and think that they might get away with being immoral or not having high moral standards or excellence. But I think sometimes it's just a weakness of the self that um, negotiates really easily and says, I can take this shortcut here. This would be a lot easier. Or I know if I hold the standard or I'm excellent in this way and I have virtue, it's going to cost me. And that's, I think that's a big part of, um, of you know, a, the life that a, a believer might live or a Christian might live is you find out very quickly if you are growing in your faith and you're adding, adding these things to it, that it comes at a cost a lot of times, you know, it can bring suffering. It can, it, it can, you know, cost you some things. And so when I think of that idea of virtue, I think of the benefits, but also the costs that come mm-hmm. and, and in the end, the benefits are greater. They far outweigh the costs, but you know, you always hear virtue. When do you always hear that? Patience. Patience. patience is that's what everyone yeah. always oh, yeah. says. Yeah. Patience, patience is a virtue. Is a virtue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's really not, is it? I mean, if we're talking about virtue as a high, as a, as a high, biblically moral standard, I, I don't know how patience well, ties that's into a morality. It's a different definition. Of, yeah, that's what There I'm are multiple definitions of virtue. There's virtue that is like a quality. A qual- A virtue is a quality. Um, and then the definition we talked about, which is moral excellence. And then virtue can also be um, the idea of courage, having courage uh, around something. And so I think there are multiple definitions. Well, so it, that might be used in that capacity. In this study Bible, they it puts in parentheses after virtue, moral courage. Yeah, because there are different yeah. different uh, angles to that. Yeah, Moral courage. Read it again. Just that. The verse? Well, yeah, what does it actually say? Add to your faith virtue and mm. the way the way that's the yeah. way i understand it fits with the definition that yeah. that we're that we're looking at right here add to your faith a high moral standard mm-hmm. i think that if you looked at like we talked uh, not long about studying the bible and how important it is to go back to the original languages if you can mm-hmm. and i think that a lot of times that gives us clues on how to define or interpret those things cuz mm-hmm. we we might read a certain word like this in English that might have different ways to comprehend it, but looking at that actual Greek word or whatever it is, it helps us know. And I think the Greek word in this instance is that idea of moral goodness. Yeah. So I mean, it's cool. It's interesting to, you know, dissect the word because, like I said, you think of it like patience is a virtue, and then you always think of virtue as like a God-given um Just quality. Yeah, quality. Like, oh, you, you're either patient or you're not. There's just nothing you can do about it. And, you know, here you see it's something totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why we're having this conversation. Uh, so, to have virtue, you have to establish a standard for yourself. Obviously, Scripture gives us a great standard to uphold. But make sure you identify the standards that you want to or should uphold as a servant of Christ. That way you have something to measure your actions against, right, seems and your like, decisions against. Seems like it would be making decisions uh, based out of love. And you, I don't know, that's that's another one of those things that you say that you can, I guess maybe the 
one part of you can kind of cringe because it's like, ugh, I just don't like the way that sounds. I'm, that's what I'm but, telling you, man. But uh, but honestly, if you think about it, like living a life with virtue or having virtue, if every decision, you know, if you if you look at what is good and what is bad, what is good and what is evil, it's a lot of the things that are evil are, are come out of decisions that were made out of hate, and then every every day in your life you have a million choices and a million decisions, and if every everything was made out of love that would be you know everything would be good then and then that would be a virtue we would have that joy peace yeah. contentment happiness all the fruits of the spirit yeah. right yeah you're exactly right chili so let's move on to the next one add to virtue or that high moral standard add to that knowledge be diligent in adding knowledge all right. Now, there are a bunch of definitions of knowledge as I looked at this. The fact or condition of knowing something with familiarity gained through experience or or association. So, that to me implies that we add this knowledge simply through living, right? Walking the the Christian life's out, like living out your faith. That's going to add to your knowledge. The condition of knowing gained through experience or association. Um, the fact or condition of being aware of something, the range of one's information or understanding. All right? So we have to be diligent in adding knowledge. Now, I think one way, when we, when we look at that first definition I read of knowledge, the act of knowing something better through experience, one way we can gain knowledge is probably to stretch ourselves by injecting ourselves into, um, into situations or, or into jobs or, or, or what, whatever acts of service that you might would not normally engage in right um you know i gained a, when we when we did the uh the thing uh for the homeless you know a few months back i mean i gained some knowledge doing that that's experiential knowledge that's right? exactly yeah. right i gained some knowledge doing yeah. that you know and it's, yeah. it's it's crazy to think how it's crazy to think because we i think initially when you see that word add to virtue knowledge you think well how do i gain knowledge I, I study, right? I study scripture. Um, maybe I have, I listen to a sermon. Um, but the other way to gain knowledge is that through that experiential thing. And sometimes you have to be diligent in forcing yourself into those experiences. Well, you have to have, like this said, the moral courage to be able to go, you know, in, in an experiential sense, the moral courage to go do those things. Yeah. And put actually boots on the ground to go do whatever it is you want to do. Because it's easy to put off. I think I just think the experiential aspect and, and thinking about it in that way is just such a powerful way to gain knowledge. I yeah, mean you I mean you learn it firsthand if you're exactly doing it. It's it's more applicable. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I think the object of the knowledge is important to think about too. Um, 
because I don't think in this context, it's just saying knowledge in general, like go read lots of books and study, like go get experience, gain a skill at, you know, shooting or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think specifically in this context is the object of the knowledge is God. So it's saying gain knowledge, you know, about God um, in relationship to God. And I think your point is a good one that we, of course, do that through reading scripture and studying the Bible as individuals, but experiential knowledge can be gained just living in community with other people. Yeah. Um, and, and I learned things. And I think I mentioned this at some point on one of the podcasts, maybe about studying the Bible about how much I learn and how much I gain, how much knowledge I gain being in Bible studies with other people because they, um, encounter God and in a, a way that I wouldn't have. And I get to, I get to, they share that with me and I get to learn from that. I get to gain knowledge because of their experience. And so, it, yeah, I think it's a, a very broad um, way to, to gain that knowledge. Mm -hmm. So your, your point of it's not just, just isolated to just an individual Bible study. Which is immediately which is, what my mind went to. Yeah, which is very, very important, yeah. of course. But, you know, there are people that I think, um, I think sometimes are anemic or deficient in their faith and their growth because they kind of hole up and isolate themselves or, you know, call it a church or call it whatever, <laughs> you know, they're not part of a church or not part of a community of people and they try to go it alone. And that is one benefit of being in a community of other believers mm -hmm. on a regular basis. And when you um, are not doing that, you are limiting yourself and you're limiting access to more knowledge of God and who he is, how he's working, how he's acting in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. That's an incredible thing to learn about and experience is just stories of how God is acting in other people's lives. Yeah. You know, I think even uh, to add to that, Krista, in the same context, but um, yes, the knowledge gained through the experiential aspect of being around other believers, but also you want to you and on an, on another level, you want to deepen your knowledge of Christ. Go put yourself amongst broken people that that are that are absent of faith. That um, uh, and and you you just you just it, it gives you a different perspective. It's like you you it it always points me back to Christ because you see these people that that have no faith and you see the brokenness of them and you see uh, the a lot of times the hopelessness of them and uh, it just deepens your intimacy and your realization of your reliance on Christ and the the wonderful promises that he has made to us right Man, how valuable those promises is. I was talking to somebody, maybe Blake, the other day on a run. I said, you know, we always think about the, 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 all the, we, we think about all the wonderful things that Christ can provide for us and, and the blessings that he, that he, uh, gives us and the promises that he made us. We think about all of them that pertain to this life, right? Like, I'm blessed with great health. Um, uh, I, you know, I have I have my daily needs met. Um, we think about all those things as it pertains to this life, when really the eternal promises that He made to us, we tend not to reflect on those eternal promises and those e that eternal gift 
nearly as much as we focus on the things that we feel are impacting us in our day-to-day life on this earth, when in all reality, those eternal gifts are so much more valuable than than the things that yeah. that we receive in this day-to-day life, right? I mean, it's just, we, yeah. I just don't reflect on those. Like, I don't reflect on really when you consider the fact that you have you have an inher- an eternal inheritance with your creator like what like what more what more like but you just i just don't reflect on that very often mm-hmm. like what a freaking gift man yeah like if you didn't give if you didn't give me anything else but an, et- an eternal inheritance mm-hmm. for the rest of time with you crazy man what do you got chill oh i just i just think it's uh i don't know it's interesting you know talking about knowledge and trying to understand it and how it relates to faith obviously faith is where this where i mean it's it's always interesting to try to figure out what paul was trying to say um it doesn't say add to your faith knowledge no it says it says add that to the virtue add to virtue I yep. mean, I just, I'm, I'm not sure if that's an important distinction or not. It's just interesting because it, it, this verse obviously builds and it starts with faith because theoretically you wouldn't do any of this without having faith, Yep. at least some measure of it or some inclination. And then after that faith, you add to it virtue. Okay. So that gives you a direction and like you, you know, if you want to look at it like a standard, then, then you add to that knowledge so it 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 almost i guess solidifies or or further furthers your understanding of what you're actually doing Uh, i don't know i don't know how to explain it but it's just it's interesting interesting how the uh the verse flows from faith to virtue and then from from virtue to knowledge and then from knowledge to temperance and I, I know you're getting to that in a minute but i don't know it's like it's a uh that's the progression that has to go in mm-hmm. yeah yeah in the uh it, in the translation for the the greek the the knowledge word there is translated as seeking to know inquiry or investigation so it's almost like it's the the posture or or the the attempt of trying to figure it out it, you know be diligent and seeking to know and inquiring and investigating. It's not, you know, it's like it's not actually talking about the actual, what you gain yeah. from that experience. It's talking about essentially the experience of trying to gain it almost. Mm-hmm. And not, mm-hmm. it, you know, like not what you get out of serving the homeless, but of serving the homeless. Like being diligent and doing that is almost what it's talking about. It's almost more like the posture of your heart. Yeah, yeah. You have a desire to... No more. I like God. I want to know you. Yeah. I want to know you. I want to know you, and I'm gonna seek you out in any way possible to know you better. I, I don't even. I, I I don't even know. And, and I guess it could be. But if I reflect upon my own life, knowledge that I have truly comprehended or, or truly absorbed has always, I think, safe to say, came through the experience. So. Like, for instance, 
I can study Scripture, and Scripture can tell me, Jesus can tell me, uh, die to yourself. Essentially, if th- those who lose their life in on this earth gain it, die to yourself. Um, and I can I can read that right, but until I'm actually put in a scenario where I have to walk that out, I don't have knowledge of yeah. what he means by that. So it's so crazy how much that experience and walking out your faith adds to the knowledge aspect of what we're talking about. Yeah, it's it's uh, you call what you can use whichever word you want, but it's like understanding versus knowledge. Like maybe you yeah. understand the idea of it, but you don't really like chili talk about know it until you experience it, and you're like, oh, now I know what you were talking exactly. about. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Well, that would what you just said would would lend credence to what blake was trying to say earlier about how this stuff would strengthen your actual faith i mean in my opinion like it it would like what you just said was you can be told something and have faith and and quote unquote know it but then until you've actually experienced it then it's it's really like okay i got it i mean to me that i I mean i think that's what you were trying to say earlier yeah i mean that yeah that's it it's not that these things are to be saved, but that they would strengthen what yeah. you have already, yeah, already received. Or else, why is Paul telling writing this to Peter and telling him, you know, did Peter not write this? Peter wrote Second Peter, did he? Peter yeah. Wrote this. Okay. Oh, I said Paul earlier. Sorry, yeah. I just misspoke. Um. Now we'll move on to the next one. And add to knowledge temperance and this was one that really struck me when i was reading this because this really um goes against (laughs) a lot of the decisions that everything about you (laughs) that i make and although chili would disagree with me he makes um temperance why would you want to have, t- that's, that's what I'm saying. There's so much in my flesh that says, why would you want to have temperance? What would I disagree? Um, it, I'm saying we struggle with temperance. Oh. We struggle with temperance. And in New King James, it's self-control. Yeah, self-control or restraint is another way to look at that. Yep. For people who may not know what temperance is, it's not a word we use so very often yeah and that's why i had actually looked up the def i looked up the definition for all of these obviously um this is the definition that i found online maybe there's more but moderation in action thought and feeling yeah i mean restraint i wouldn't disagree that i struggle with that do, I mean, do you have trouble uh moderate have you ever had trouble before moderating how much you ran? Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm, a, I'm literally entirely all or nothing. Exactly. I mean, that's... that's, that's how, then how can you say you don't struggle, struggle with temperance? I, I don't. I don't know where you're getting that. He's, he's saying he's, he's, he would agree with you that he struggles with that. Yeah, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, oh, well. I, from the get-go, I was like, yeah, that's 100% me. He's okay. trying to pick a fight with you. <laughs> I he? don't know why he keeps saying that. I, I'm trying to piss you off further. I completely agree with that. I mean, I'm like the most all-or-nothing person in the world. I, I am bad that way, man. Uh, I just want to go. I want to go hard in what I do. 
I want to go hard in the things that I think about, and I naturally go hard in my feelings. It's not being it's not being uh, up and down. It's being steady. Yes, like Blake is really steady. That's He's right. He's not super high and then super low, and then gets super high and then super low. You know, it's. I think that's part of that. And I don't think it's necessarily that you shouldn't feel those things so intensely, or it's about the control of it. It's mm. about the restraint. So somebody might read it or hear us talking and say, like, oh, I shouldn't be like that. I shouldn't be like that. I shouldn't. I just. I feel too much. I feel too strongly. I think you know all these things. I do these things, and it's not the desire or that that exists it's the ability to restrain it and hold it back and control it yes. you know to bright to bridle it to to put some discipline on it honestly does this kind of go with meekness a little bit oh, it sounds like it yeah a little I, bit. I think I mean, it goes yeah, with it yeah, yeah yeah so well um and the more uh, i guess the more you feel those feelings the more power you have the harder it is to be meek in that right like if you got you know, if you've got the ability to totally crush this, and if you're thinking of it in weapons, like if you got a 50 cal and you know you can destroy that thing over there that might cause you problems, then it's really hard to keep your safety on versus if all you have was a sword, then it's like, well, I don't really have much meekness to, to practice. So the more power you gain, the more, I guess, capable you are, the harder it is to be meek and have self-control over it. Yeah. Probably a huge area where a lot of people can identify with his struggle is just with their tongue, you know, the things yeah. that words that come out of our mouths and just not having a filter or just pausing and restraining and, and, you know, um, checking to see whether it's wise or true or loving to say something. Um, and I think that's probably a, a huge area where this can be seen a lot and a struggle is real is there's just self-control over your tongue and having temperance there. Yeah, there's so many. Uh, uh, am I a moody person? <laughs> yeah, you're pretty moody. I've been accused of being the most moody person. Blake knows. Um, Chili's also accused me of that in the past. And, I guess maybe I don't know. Um, it's hard to say moody, but I think uh, you you can tend to act out of those moods and show those yeah. moods yeah yeah and your energy is very contagious so if you're down mm. and people that are around you then it's just like man we don't really want to do nothing <laughs> crap on this man <laughs> shut it down but son. you know i mean really it is it's interesting how like a lot of things you and chili are because chili we're the same person he can add chili's that way too he can add energy like yesterday filming that when he would do that like I'd be like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And then you would be poopy pants about it. And I was like, I went, whatever, man. We'll just kind of get this done. And then Chili would add energy back to it. And so I was getting pulled into it, you know. So, yeah, it's uh, – Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. That I don't know. I think, I think Chad likes it when he – is feeling a certain way if he can make everybody else feel the same way. A misery loves no, company. I don't. <laughs> so I think he likes that. So, you know, it's it's not good when people let it work. So here's a little side trail on this discussion. And not just temperance, but maybe other things too it's talking about. But if somebody struggles in that area or is um, diligently seeking to improve it or add that to their faith, but they, they have a real struggle there or they're weak in that, um, how wise do you think it is to surround yourself with people 
who maybe are more mature in that area or have, um, you know, something that can help come alongside you and supplement that. It's the, it's the only way. Cause I think especially with temperance, like that, that will help you to have somebody like alongside you, keeping you kind of in check and encouraging you. Um, but I think even in these other areas, like even the knowledge and the virtue, I think that's just an interesting aspect to think about. You know, Paul speaking to people, and or Paul, I said, I said what Chili said. Yeah. Peter speaking to people um, as individuals, well, as a group of people, but saying personally, be diligent, seek these things to add them to your faith. But I think as a community, um, that's an important thing too, because we're all going to be in different uh, places with all of this and in our own personal journeys and growth and and having other people around you um, being diligent in those ways, I think, can can help a ton. Oh. Would you say that you've oh. experienced that in your life? Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. You are the most temperate person. <laughs> uh, now, I know you still have temptation to go hard. I, I think I know what is locked in you. You keep it locked. You <laughs> keep it under control. You keep it restrained. Yeah. All right? That's what's so amazing about Krista is she, I I believe, I've never seen her do it, but she has the ability to freaking rip you to shreds, anybody, in my opinion. Uh, well, you pitted her against that one basic course, you remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, she keeps it so restrained at all times. And yesterday... Uh, I, I, I was ready to go off the freaking rails, man. And this is, this is me. I, I want to go off the rails a lot of times. And it, it, like me and Chili, we talk about all the time about just going off the rails. And we'd be probably some of the most famous people on earth if we went off the rails, but we would eventually self-destruct. What? And what we, are you talking about? Uh, this is what it's like. You, get, you fill a balloon up and you let go of it. And it has a lot of just... Yeah. And then it, then it peters out. And it's, I don't talk about me going off the rails. I talk about you. I've never been on the rails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, but yeah. Then 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 Krista comes over to me after the the uh, the the workout and walks up to my truck and she's like, "What's going on with you today?" And and I just I just went off, son. Uh, and uh, she just stood there and listened. And then she told me what I should do, and then I went home and did that. So I know what's wrong with you. You'll come out of it. You'll be all right. <laughs> I don't know, man. No, I, I know. I also know what's going on with me. the 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 Holy Spirit is forcing me through a stage of growth, and I'm not forcing myself. He, the Holy Spirit in me, Christ in me, is literally forcing me into these scenarios and I'm just along for the ride but I don't like it and that's that's exactly what's happening to me right now because you're being tempered what whatever yes what whatever the holy spirit has for me in the future uh he's walking me through this process you're exactly right it's like he hammers heats me up and hammers the crap out of me and then lets me cool down and then the next time I'm a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger. And if, if I had been given what I have now uh, a year and a half ago, 
I, I couldn't have handled it. I would I, I would have I would have blew up. Um so yes, you're right. I am being tempered. Well you think of like But it's not but, it's not of my own will. I'm not being tempered of my own will. No, I don't I mean I don't know that you can temper yourself anyways. Well, yeah, you're but, right. You know, but, you think of tempered glass and how much stronger tempered glass is and you know they like compress it and, and then you think of where really strength is at, right? Like a, a spring when it's compressed some and it's kind of relates to tempered and so keeping those you know, whatever it is that you're feeling or wanting to act on or or do, keeping it under tension almost, not holding tension, but keeping it compressed some is really where the strength is versus just letting it all out like like I said, oh, yeah. letting the air out of a balloon. Yeah. Exactly. What were you gonna say, Krista? I don't remember. I can't remember, honestly. That's a long conversation on temperance, yeah. and I'm glad we talked through that because um, it's something Chili and I, as one person, that's why you. Um, need, that's why you need us here desperately. <laughs> it, oh yeah. Just say, uh, just come up with some chili chatter. Not Chili and I. Y'all are, y'all are one. It's like as close as Chili's gonna get to marriage. Well, I hate this, Chili. We're one in Christ, man. <laughs> no, we're Chadley. not. Chadley. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah. We're not I know even, you can't stand it, dude. We're not but. even at all alike. Oh, okay. What, how, we're Y'all not are even, a lot alike. We're not even similar. Yeah. No, we're really not, but we keep... Whatever. I raised you, man. You can't help but be like me. Y'all are not identical twins, but you're fraternal. We're not alike, man. Just accept it. I mean, it. I don't... The, the, we don't... We're not... We don't have... We're not the same in that. What does Peter tell us to add to temperance? <laughs> All right. Thanks, Blake. <laughs> All right. And to temperance, add patience. All right. I talk about patience all the time as being one of the, I think, one of the most important aspects to me personally. Um, patience, the ability to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. All right. So, this implies that to call something patient, to be patient, means there has to be some discomfort involved. That was interesting to me. Yeah. To accept or tolerate trouble, suffering, and delay without getting angry or upset. Long suffering. Yep. My translation says steadfastness. So the idea of having your feet fixed, like you're unmoved. So I guess that could go similarly to patience. Mm. Yeah. Mine says perseverance. Yeah. Tolerate or accept trouble, suffering. Yeah. Without getting angry or upset. I think all those go right along with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, Translation here says patient enduring is what the word in Greek. Mm-hmm. Okay. Patient enduring. So, I don't think you can call yourself a patient person unless unless you are going through or tolerating something that's causing some nagging discomfort, mm-hmm. right? Kind of reminds me of the mental toughness discussions we had like are we really being mentally tough when something is easy for you and enjoyable 
like running yeah long ways it, it's like almost everybody's like oh you got to be really mentally tough to do that but we were kind of leaning to the argument of well not really because it's easy yep for uh, like we have a good time doing that we don't have a good time sitting on the couch and and sitting on the couch and sitting on the computer and and doing <laughs> whatever kind Quick of work books. yeah so it's kind of like people think you may be really patient if you uh display i don't know patience in a race or something or, or something that was easy for you but are you really being patient if it wasn't if it didn't cause consternation and stress and everything to to, to wait and i don't know I, yeah i think there's a difference between just waiting yeah and actually applying patience yeah i think everybody could be patient or arguably in some things but are, are they in others? Are they when it gets <laughs> hard? Uh, seems real similar to that that mental toughness discussion. Yeah. I don't know. And that idea of, like Blake said, one aspect was patient endurance. That often, it's not just that you're patient for a short amount of time, but you endure. Like it's a continued, a continual patience, a prolonged patience. And that's something entirely different, you know, that it's not just... Oh, this one thing happened, and had to be patient for a little bit, and then that's. But you know, think about we had a conversation podcast on suffering, and talked about how some people's suffering lasts a short amount of time, and some people, it, it goes on and on. And yep. so, I, I like um, pointing out just that combination of its patient endurance. Yeah. So that's a that's a different angle to it. Blake, you're not a very patient person. <laughs> I've not been known to be, but I've uh, <laughs> the kids have uh, strengthened that in me a little bit, pushing yeah. me to you know operate on your limits. Yeah, limits. So I don't. Patience. I don't know very many patient people. It's a tough. It's a tough one, man. I don't know that really anybody. It. You could argue to Chili's point the areas that you think you're patient in, you're actually not patient in them. You just don't mind waiting in yeah. that area. Yeah. Exactly. It's like you know. When I went to Doug's yesterday and I waited 10 minutes for my salad, that that's fine. But when it took 30 minutes, I was like, all right, now I'm having to practice some patience. This, yeah. this is ridiculous. You know, it's like the point that you don't mind waiting, you can't say, I'm a pretty patient person right here. No, you ain't, you ain't patient till, the, till you're suffering. Yeah. And then you then you practice. Don't patience. take patience. Don't take credit for your patience too soon. Yeah. Almost everybody in in the entire world that I know. If they if their phone took like a minute to boot up when you press the button to start, I mean you're, you're talking about sixty seconds. I'd lose it. Everyone would lose it. Yeah, and that's you're, you're talking about sixty seconds. But can you imagine how long that would feel if you tried to turn if it took that long to turn your phone on because everything's instant? But if you can't wait sixty oh, wow. seconds, you ain't real patient. And I don't know nobody that wouldn't freak the crap out if they pressed their phone and it said. We'll turn on in 60 wow. seconds for you. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know who's, I mean, I don't know many patient people really. My dad's really patient, but I mean, everybody, there's stuff that. And that's an interesting thing to think about too, is that a lot of these things that are being mentioned are just naturally probably not the disposition of our hearts already, just human nature. Uh -huh. But then add on top of that, the, the culture we live in right mm -hmm. now, think about that for a moment. All of this, the things in this list it's like it's almost the opposite of what <laughs> is um, promoted 
in culture or, you know, just the water we're swimming in. And so how countercultural is this list of qualities and things that Peter's talking about, you know? Might I point out also, Chili's going to like this, there are seven qualities that he's he's pointed out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seven. Oh, that number. Yep. Um, no, dude, chili. Yeah, you're exactly right, man. Uh, how, how much, how much does the convenience of technology detract from our ability to be patient? How much of that have we lost? And so that's interesting that you said that because just as of now, the cell phones don't work at my house for some reason. Just all of a sudden, cell phones stopped working. And and I was driving uh, this morning, and I tried to play my music on YouTube, and it wouldn't freaking work. And then I tried to play it, um, a podcast, and it wouldn't work. And, like, it made me feel antsy. Crazy, man, because I'm used to just clicking it, and it instantly working. Yeah, no commercials anymore. Yeah. Anything you watch is straight through and i was just it, it made me it could it couldn't i couldn't help but let my mind drift to man if all this stuff ever stops working <laughs> well i thought i thought the same be. thing it's gonna be yeah you said it yesterday you said i think the world's ending <laughs> yesterday on the way over i thought you know like what if i left the house and like the world like things just crash like that and then what i mean i you can't call and talk like, hey, come over here. The world's ending. Come over here. Can't. It's like, it was like that for thousands of years. I know it. I know. But now, to the point we're talking about of technology and well, how much, you know, that's kind of getting a little bit off to the side. But, you know, back to the patience thing is that, like, your wife has to be patient till you get back home before you can talk to her. You got to be patient to tell her what you want to, you know, if the phones aren't working. I remember and, that when I was young. Yeah. When, 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 uh, you know, all mom, I remember when mom got a beeper. Yeah. And like, I remember when dad went to work for the day, you, if you wanted to call and get a hold of dad, you had to call on the landline to the office that they had right there in town. But he was out in the field so you just had to relay the message to whoever was in the office, and then when Dad got done working out in the field and came back to the office, he could call you back on the landline. Yeah. That was the way it was. Imagine mm-hmm. how much slower the world would be if there were no, if there were just landlines. Oh, my gosh, man. Well, and thinking about patience, too, I was just thinking as we were talking about what you said earlier, Chad, about the promises And that, you know, we think about some of the promises that we can read the story and we can read scripture and um, everything that has preceded us and see promises that have been fulfilled. And we can look back at, you know, people living in the past and say, like, how could you not have known? How could you not have seen? And imagine how how long they had to wait. Some people died before they saw or they even knew, you know, uh, that the promise was fulfilled. And we're at a point in history where we're looking forward, like you said, to promises and how much do we allow ourselves to feel, to really dwell on those promises and feel the discomfort and the longing for those things to be fulfilled, to, to be with Jesus someday, mm-hmm. um, long for a new heavens and new earth, because in allowing ourselves to do that, it creates a lot of discomfort. Yeah. And we have to exercise steadfastness. We have to exercise patience. 
Um, and boy, we're not conditioned to that today, mm. are we? <laughs> so yeah. thinking about the promises, um, I think goes well with this piece of the discussion. Yep. I agree. So these are some big old, these are some big old words we're talking about here. Well, they're, they're, they're actually really simple words, but we just never sit down and deliberately talk about them. It's well, like, they mean a lot. Yeah. I mean, I could have read through, I mean, I did read through this in 30 seconds when I first read it a few days ago. And I, I when I read through it, it's powerful enough to make me realize there's something there that I, I need to take yeah. out of this more than just reading through it. Um, so we'll move on to the next one. Add to patience godliness is what's translated here. Yeah. That that was one that that I was uh that I, I I was trying to nail down. It's hard to look up the the definition of godliness. It's like what God okay, you know, a secular definition. Well, what God are you talking about? Obviously, we have to narrow this down to the God of the Bible, um, godliness. What what does that mean to you guys? I'm interested to hear. Or or or, or is it confusing to you I think, also? I think it's um, a life that's centered around God. So um, the fear of God, uh, the love of God, the desire for God. That that your life is oriented around God. And so, you know, you can see the the connection interplay with all these other things we're talking about too. I think they're interconnected, but I think the um the heart of this word to me is is that idea of of, of you being centered or oriented around God. Mm-hmm. That you're you're orbit orbiting around him mm-hmm. and your fear your fear of him, your longing for him, your love of him um is what is a piece of that characteristic. Yeah. What what it brought me to, it, and I I can, I I definitely like that point. It brought, but the word brought me to a a, a different, maybe not different, but little different understanding of it. Godliness. Jesus said, "It it a, a servant is not above his master. It's enough if that servant is just like his master, right?" And so when I thought about godliness, I thought about that to me means it almost takes it back to the role of an ambassador for Christ. Like I am not Christ, but godliness would be me trying to be like Christ. And that also, that, that means partaking in not only the the virtue and 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 the the principles that he set forth but also partaking in the the hatred and the persecution and and all the you, you know with with both um so for me it means like sharing in that life of Christ in the life of Christ meaning the life that he experienced like sharing in that carry doing my you know doing my best to be like him but also partake in all of the the things that i mean to whatever extent i'm led in to partake mm-hmm. of those things partaking and reacting to those things in a like manner mm-hmm. that's so, yeah that's yeah, what like 
initially, that's what I would think when I read it. Godliness is essentially God-like. Um, but I'll keep defining these in the Greek if y'all want to hear it. <laughs> but it says a piety or reverence towards God. So, okay, you know, kind of uh, that respect or that, I guess you could say, fear, fear of God mm-hmm. almost, um, which kind of, you know, ties in with all of that. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, initially when I have read and, and recently read this today, that's what I would think godliness would be godlike. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting when I think about partaking in that life of Christ, right? I, I, I went back many times, and, and I, maybe I talked about this on the podcast, but I always like to go back to the, the Scripture where Christ says, hey, hey, guys, they hated me, yeah. so they're going to hate you, and I'm telling you this so that you won't be offended. Like, he's saying, if you're going to be like me, you're going to experience the fullness um, in, in, in whatever way you're going to get to experience things that I experienced, right? Yeah, you don't pick and choose which that's what's right. going to happen. Yep. Are you a godly person, Chili? Uh, probably not. No, I mean, I've, <laughs> no, I've fall short, uh, constantly, but I mean, that's, uh, that's the way it is. You got anything to add to godliness? No, I, th- I like that Blake keeps looking up the Greek. Cause I mean, I think if you want to know the mm-hmm. definition that was intended, that's, that's what you have to do. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, godliness yeah. means, uh. Basically, reverence for God, you know, and then acting accordingly, obviously, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. your actions will show that if that's true in you, and then I think it will reflect uh, whatever attributes are His or, or whatever you can, you know, display. Mm-hmm. I think that's the result of that. So. Mm, I like that, Chili. I'm glad I asked you that question. <laughs> Great way to sum it up. Uh, Always lean heavy on old chili weed. So, what did godliness come after? Godliness came Came after after patience. 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 Yep. And then after godliness, add brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness. Here's another one that's hard to define. Any any other any differences in did did your mine says uh, brotherly affection. Okay, and I th- I think the idea is that um, like phileo is a there are different words for love in Greek and and it's the idea of that's like a brotherly love that's how we get um, Philadelphia the yeah, city of the brotherly word. love is that the word in yeah. Greek that it is so I think that idea is that it's a different it's a certain kind of love mm-hmm. so it's not um, like agape love is different and so brotherly love is like loving your brothers you know loving your community loving. The, the the fellow believers like mm-hmm, these yeah. people within your community he's addressing by the way the context of this is he's addressing people who believe and follow Jesus Christ so it's not a the context isn't just a um, broad spread message it's yeah. focused on other believers and so I think this hones in on that like you guys need to be loving each other and so that's that's how I would read that yeah the need for a community maybe. Well, and loving the community. Yeah. 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 Like well, you can't love brothers. one if you don't have one. So that's true. Having one and then. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Or people that you meet that, yeah. you know, you, 
we meet people from all over the country and other countries and who are fellow believers and it's loving those people and anybody in that, um, in the kingdom. So well, has a fellow believer ever ticked any of you off? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, a, it's easy yeah. to think that like, Oh, well, why wouldn't you well, love course, your brother course. in Christ? Yeah, right. But sometimes, sometimes they're harder to love than, than the ones who, uh-huh. who haven't, like your family yeah committed to yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah i think this goes back to what i talked about on resurrected the other night this brotherly kindness um and it really struck me uh when jesus said y'all know how people y'all know how people are gonna know you're my disciples on the earth it's the fact that you love each other. Mm-hmm. And I that that struck me hard, man. Because here's my experience since I've been following Christ. When I'm around my brothers and sisters, and, and maybe maybe it's someone that I first met, um, or maybe it's just an acquaintance, and we go to part ways and I look them in their eye and tell them I love them. It makes them feel weird. <laughs> It really does. I, I, I believe that we've lost that in, in a big way as the body of Christ. Like we've lost the understanding of this type of love and kindness that we share with each other uh, because we are the body of Christ on earth walking around. And I thought, you know, that Jesus made such a poignant statement about this of how do we show that we are disciples of Christ it's by our love for one another so not only by our actions but also by I think say like saying it and meaning it right so not only is that weird when I say that to a brother or sister in Christ but imagine how weird it is to the people around me that don't understand the 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 body of Christ when they hear me say that. So that's going to catch their attention. What the crap? Did Chad just say love that dude? That's freaking weird, man. What's that all about? I think that's what Jesus was getting at. Well, you think like that and paired with the action, the way we treat one another. Yeah, I mean, that's... I think that's definitely it. it. It grabs the attention, and I watched the chosen thing, and uh, you know, it adds a good visual kind of aid for some things. And you look at how the, you know, I don't know whether it's true or not, but how they portrayed the disciples to have uh, treated Matthew because he was the tax collector. Mm-hmm. But really, they were both brothers. But in the beginning, in the in chosen, they didn't necessarily have brotherly love for Matthew. But they would come up across anybody else who was a follower of Jesus, and they would immediately show that brotherly lo- love. They were like, "Oh man, you love Jesus too," and, th- and they would immediately embrace him. And they didn't even know him. So I think that's what brotherly—that's an example of what it is and what it sometimes doesn't look like. To where you can let the differences of being a tax collector and then being the one who is taxed, both having Jesus in common or prior tax collector, and and letting that get in the way of your love for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Application of this for people listening too is to really think about that because we can assume that 
uh, yeah, 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 there's no problem. I love other Christians and whatever, but I mean, examine your heart and think hard and reflect on that because there may be somebody, you may not even think about it, that you've been seeing differently, treating differently, um, and that that would be a good thing to meditate on. Yeah. I was just thinking, I just as you're talking, I was thinking, I need to do that. I need to meditate on that and think about my relationships with people and is there something, even if it's subtle, some way I'm treating somebody differently or I'm not actually, um, don't have affection for that person. Yeah. Um, and so that, that would be a good exercise, I think. Mm, I agree. You guys do that with that hour. You're not going to have our podcast. That's right. That's right. There you go. Application. Shall we? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll, I'll talk out of sequence on this one. Okay. All I right. went before Blake. And the last one. Add to brotherly kindness, charity. All right? And here's the definition I had for charity. Generosity and helpfulness, especially toward the needy or suffering. Yeah, in my translation, it says it just says love. So it says love too. Brotherly kindness to love, yeah. and it's the two. It's phileo and agape. agape yeah. it's you the you two end it with loving everybody, everybody, all yeah, yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah and agape love is uh, it says here love, goodwill, esteem. Uh, yep. Outside of the Bible, there is no clear instance. Well, that's pretty. Sim- I mean, I guess not. That's simple, but that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's concrete. I mean, it's yeah. it's you wanna you wanna be set apart. Love your love your brothers that are also believers. You wanna r- really be set apart. Love everybody. Yeah. You wanna be really really set apart. Love your enemies. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. That's the next step, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're adding well, this would, whole thing's been a building process. And I would say before before striving for that true capability to love your enemy, I think even before that would be a step easier is learning how to love the the helpless or the suffering, right? Um I think a lot of a lot of times the way we feel toward people is impacted by what we think we are going or can potentially get back from that person. Yeah. Right? And I think that's why this definition of charity, as it speaks to, um, you know, extending yourself or, or helping the hopeless, um, the downtrodden, the poor, the suffering, uh, you know, those, the people that are in those situations, you know... There's no you're you're not you're not going to receive any tangible thing back from them, and I just think that's uh you know I know the the Bible talks about uh going and and spending time with widows and orphans and people in prison and things like that and those that to me is charity, right? Um, yeah. Giving with zero, potentially zero possibility of return, right? Yeah. So, I mean, so now I'll ask a question. These things like, so 
you find one like, oh, I'm not really good at that. Do you think that this is a building, uh, a progressive list to where if like, okay, temperance is hard for me, so I can't have the other ones because they add on to this. So if you add something to something that's not solid, is it is it also not solid or what do y'all, I mean, what do you think? For me personally, in my experience in life, it is a building thing because right now I'm stuck at temperance. Um, uh, I, I have strong foundation of faith. I have, uh, a, a good adherence to standards. Um, I've experienced a lot in life, so I feel like I have a strong foundation of knowledge right now at my point in my walk with Christ. I'm stuck at temperance. I'm still until I, until the Holy spirit teaches me tempers me teaches me temperance i don't believe that i will truly then move on to patience and let me tell you i'm way behind in terms of brotherly kindness and charity like i ain't even started on those yet i ain't even there yet yeah um i know krista's past temperance i don't know where she's at and maybe she hasn't maybe she has a different opinion on it but for me, it's a, it's been a step. If when I look through this list, I can clearly see how it's been a step by step building block, right? And hopefully, by the time I'm seventy, I'll have achieved charity. I think uh, I think that like perseverance for me, you know, talking about it and reading it, I think it's persevering in seeking God. So being consistent and however you seek God every day, you know, through reading the reading the script, whatever it is, experiential or reading the Bible in the morning, but be, having that consistent, your relationship with Jesus essentially consistent would be the perseverance part of it. And I mean, I see throughout my life, a lot of times that's up and down. And maybe it is for everybody, but uh, I don't know. But I think that it could be more consistent, you know, and, and the highs and lows are not as much. I like how Chad left when you were talking. I yeah, think he, he didn't really does. care what you had to always, say. He always <laughs> does that. He always does that. No, that's a good question, though, because, I mean, I mentioned the, you know, what what was coming after that. And, and yeah, because, yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I think there was probably some reasoning behind ordering it in that way. However, I think it would probably, it seems incorrect to say that someone is just because that list is written that way couldn't be yeah. a fairly temp you know have have Brotherly good kind. have level 10 temperance but <laughs> they're still stuck on level 8 patience you know what i'm saying yeah. like i don't know that i would agree with that that yep. that's necessarily what that's saying but there obviously is some sort of progression to that um but yeah. i don't know that it's like a i can only speak for myself yeah. well let's read the rest of it can, because, I, can I say something? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, hold up, Blake. You're not the host of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm taking over this show. I think the way that I see it, and I, I think I've studied this passage before, is not so much in a sequential, kind of like an ordered kind of way, but more that like faith is the main thing. And what Peter is saying is, hey, don't have a naked faith. Adorn yourself, clothe yourself, put these things on, add to your faith in that sense. You know, wear these things. 
Um, and so these that in that way, you're adding these things to it. And so it's not one, then the other, then the other, then the other. It's just like, you know, you know, socks, shoes, shirt, you know, pants, whatever, you know, you just, you want, you want all of it. And I don't think it's just a, it, one has to happen before the other. Um, and I think that, um, in that way you are, there may be one that stands out like right now for you, obviously temperance is like, man, that's where I am. That's where God's working in my life. And it's very clear but he's working in those other areas too. Yeah. It may just not seem as pronounced because probably you're not struggling or suffering in that way as much um, and having that growth. But I guess that's how I see it yeah. is more in, in terms of kind of having a naked faith and then clothing yourselves with these things. And that's as this whole thing is he's like, I feel like as a huge pep talk to his brothers uh -huh. and sisters, you know, like, Hey guys, you know, be diligent in this. Don't get lazy. You know, kind of that idea. Don't die in the chair. Add to your faith, you know, clothe yourselves with these things. Yeah. It takes work. So, you know, I'm encouraging you to do that because there's, there's great benefit to it um, for you and for the glory of God. So that's how I read it. Yeah. Read the rest of it when you're ready. Since you walked out, I had to take over the hosting. Well, you you seat. go ahead. But no, uh -uh, I don't it. know how far you want to go. Read as far as you want. You started the well, conversation. Where I didn't plan on going past charity. So well, I go mean, ahead, Blake. Verse eight. He Paul or Peter put these Peter things. Paul. He said these things, and then you stop after he's telling you to do them. Like, why is he telling you to do this? Well, yeah. tell us why. Yeah, context is very important. Yeah, I mean, what's you gonna do? This be patient. Well, I'll read the rest of it, I guess. About Chad, time you did something you won't around get here. get up and walk out on me. So, all that we just read, it says, For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. And, like ha and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren... Be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hmm. Boy, that's, that's a pretty good. good uh, that's a pretty good promise there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, and I think that, again, goes back to what we said in the very beginning of the conversation is uh, these things are actually what bring about the fruit of the Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. um, to where you are not uh, lacking and blind and you can't see, and, and we bring about the fruit by being diligent about these things. It really bring almost brings appreciation to faith. Like, yeah. If you don't have these things, Peter says that, you will be so blind that you will forgot, forget that you were even cleansed from your sin. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've forgotten that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, you forget that you have a new self, that you now have the spirit in you, and you have a new self. You don't have to live according to that old self, um, that you're a new creation. And, yep. and it, you've, it says at the very beginning of this passage that you've been granted these things. So even though there's this... Um, call to responsibility, call to diligence, it, there's also a reminder that you've been granted this. You've, you've been given a spirit um, that enables you to do this, to pursue these things, pursue godliness, pursue temperance, all these things. Mm -hmm. Jill? Chad? You good? 
You good? That was one of my favorite podcasts, uh, personally. But um, I just thought we were able to go, and even I learn a lot. It's just always amazing to me how in the world you can take a few sentences and talk for an hour and 20 minutes. And barely scratch the and surface. Bar- yeah, and barely, mm-hmm. and just give a general overview and depth, you know, of understanding. Um, that's the Bible for you. So, yeah. And if people, you know, something stirred in you, go back and look at this passage on your own. It's second Peter one, start at one. I, I encourage people always read the things in context. Um, and then maybe hone in on the things we talked about, but second Peter one and, you know, spend some time. Maybe that's what you do on Sunday. And Mm -hmm. when you're expecting that other podcast, you, you study this a little more. Love it. Thank you guys so much for participating in this conversation. Yeah, it's much better with y'all's input. Um, you guys did really good today. Proud of each of you. And uh, well, I didn't shoot real good, but <laughs> that's all right. The gun did well. Thank yeah. you, Jonah Bunch. You're the man. Yep. You're getting better, Chili. I, I took a step back today, but that's all right. I'm going back and forth from anti gravity. Boy, it's tough. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not an excuse. I'm just, I'm very inadequate, but that transition has been very difficult. So. Yeah, that'll get you. And thank you guys so much for uh, being loyal listeners. We, man, we've been doing this podcast for years now, and uh, it's just it's just always humbling for me uh, when I realize how many of you guys tune in and take the time to listen to these conversations and and uh, share them with others. And um, uh, we couldn't do it. If you guys weren't listening, we wouldn't do it. So thank you for that. We'll talk to you all soon. Enough said. <laughs>